Welcome to WDFG, broadcasting Dear Final Girl, the advice and horror podcast where we dish on life and other scary movies. Every final girl has a story. So does her Jason, her Freddy, her Michael. So do we horror fans. This episode is part of our adjunct series, Origin Stories, where horror fans recount the horror movie memories that made them who they are today. Greetings, final boys, final girls, and final non-binaries. This is Seth Vermonton, or as you probably know me better, Beernut1 on Twitter. And this is my origin story. Uh, my start in horror is pretty basic. Uh, nothing really out of the ordinary, I think. It basically has two main parts. The first part is my parents, my mom and dad. My mom was a librarian, and my dad was a person who actually loved to read and watch movies. They were never sports people. They always liked to read and watch movies. So growing up, I spent a lot of time with my mom in the library. I read a lot. I watched a lot of movies from the library. It was always a good time. When I'd come home on the weekends to relax, my parents would always have classic movies playing. Back in those days, American Movie Classics, AMC, was the main channel that did old movies. And we had that on eh, pretty much most of the time, that or PBS. And they were always fun. They were entertaining. I watched many old classic movies that way, and it sparked the love of cinema. The love of Casablanca. Casablanca, The Maltese Falcon, and Citizen Kane as well as all the Alfred Hitchcocks and many other classic movies, as well as the Universal Horror movies. My mom loved those, and we watched them frequently whenever they were on. As well, I rented a lot from the library, obviously. I rented everything that I could. Now, my parents, being the way they are, thought that it would be best if they helped guide me and my sister in our choices and learning about movies and reading. So as a result, we had very, very interesting guidance in what we could and could not read and watch. For many years, one of the most verboten things was slashers. Growing up in the 80s, this is surprising because slashers were all the rave. While all my friends watched Freddy Krueger or Jason Voorhees, I was watching all the old Universal and Hammer horror films. The Thing from Another World was played every October, and man, I enjoyed it. I also read many of the old classic horror films. Dracula was read many times, as well as Frankenstein, Turn of the Screw, Shirley Jackson. It was great, great times. But, as I said, slashers and more modern horror was a verboten for the longest time. It was hard for me to watch. I kept trying to sneak movies in. Mom and Dad always kept shooting them down. And being the fact that my mom worked at the library, I couldn't sneak a movie out of the library very easily. I also watched a lot on TV. A lot of times on Friday nights, after Mom had gone to bed and Dad had fallen asleep, I could watch TNT and see Monster Vision, or maybe USA Up all night. Those were always fun. And this leads into my beginning of horror love, which basically is the result of two major movies. The movies in question are Gremlins and Night of the Living Dead. Both these movies really influenced my love of horror at an early age. Gremlins. I saw that when I was about six or seven years old. I believe it was 1986. A babysitter had actually gotten permission to take me and my sister over to their house, which was one block away, and watch movies on the VCR while mom and dad were out. It was a good time. The only problem is Sally was playing with her coloring book, and I was given the copy of Gremlins that they had recorded off HBO. Loved, I'd always wanted to see the movie and had loved the ads for the movie. Just, they looked cool. I threw it in, watched the movie, and at the end was totally scared. 
I couldn't sleep for two nights. Of course, mom and dad, being the people that like to guide and make sure that I watch good quality material, instantly said that I would never see at all gremlins again in their house until I was over 18. And guess what? I'm almost 42 now. I still have never watched that film, but that one viewing really made an impression on me. I still remember all the gremlins, Stripe and Gizmo. Man, it's one of those things. The second movie, Night of the Living Dead, I saw about another seven or eight months after this occurred. It was Halloween. I was in first grade. I had gone trick-or-treating, and I believe it was a Friday night that Halloween was on this year. My dad, after trick-or-treating, said, Hey, Seth, you want to watch a scary movie while you stay up? And I said, Sure. That night, I believe on either ABC or NBC, it was network television, was the colorized version of Night of the Living Dead. My dad, as usual, fell asleep about 20 minutes into the film. I stayed up and watched it, and it just made me look closer. I began looking and wondering, thinking, wow, what a movie. I seemed almost dangerous to me. There was a little bit of violence, more than I had seen in most other classic universal horror movies at the time. And I just was hooked. At this point, I began trying to watch as many horror films as I possibly could. Mom and Dad still had a pretty tight control on what I could watch or read. No Stephen King. I definitely couldn't get away with any of the Jason Voorhees or Freddy Kruegers, even though I desperately wanted to watch them. And so as a result, I kept watching. I watched the Hammer films, watched Val Luton, watched so many of the classics, as well as all the suspense and mystery films that my mom and dad absolutely loved. It was a great and wonderful way to learn and experience horror with all the classics first, and it was much later on. It was actually, I believe, 1996 when Scream came out. I was driving at the time and was able to go see it by myself, my first slasher. From there, I went on and began watching Dario Argento, Lucio Fulci, all the other classics, really got into Giallo. It's just fun. I always have enjoyed watching movies. Me and my wife are both big cinephiles. We met at an Oscar party. It's our thing. But as a result, I continue to watch films, and whenever I can, horror films. I find them very fun and relaxing, and it just makes me want to watch more and keep going. Well, that's pretty much it. It's a pretty basic horror story. No real drama, nothing crazy. I live a pretty I live a pretty crazy free life and I enjoy it. But it's one of those things. Horror is always there. That's why I keep tweeting and just talking and messaging with people about horror. It's something I enjoy and I hope that everyone enjoys their horror films and my story. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. Hello, final girl. Hello, final girl. How are you? Oh, I'm good. What a fantastic story from Seth. Uh, he it is... reminds me a lot of a van story. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know where it's like, um, you know, I don't, I don't have any traumatic stories to tell. <laughs> I, I had a pretty, pretty normal upbringing with, you know, with helpful guiding parents. And plus, I love horror. <laughs> right, 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 right. I think what we said um, last night when we were talking about, okay, we should, I'll just drop it now. Um, we recorded this last night and had some technical difficulties. I'm going to have to fire our sound uh, person, <laughs> me. Um, but uh, we were saying that this is such a wholesome story uh, like in all the best ways, right? 
um, you know, parents trying to guide their kids and also give them a sense of taste. Like it, it didn't seem to me that Seth's parents were only trying to be hyper protective of their kids, but that they were also like trying to curate an experience for them. And like, before you get super into, you know, some of the schlock films, you know, let's not introduce you first to Leprechaun. Let's introduce you to, um, to Casablanca and Maltese Falcon and all of those things and kind of build a sense of what good film looks like. Yeah, I remember thinking as we were listening to his story that, you know, his love, Seth's love of an education around cinema may have, um, you know, slightly preceded his love of horror specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, though, he said that Gremlins was around the age of six. So I think it was probably a, a pretty close you know, a, a pretty close alignment. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, to have that kind of education, I mean, I, I literally made a note, like, my version of my parents guiding me was, one, being incredibly overprotective, and number two, just being like, be home before dark. I mean, that was kind <laughs> of like the... When I was a kid and, you know, all you, you just went out after school or on a Saturday morning and you mm-hmm. just went out to play and the only rule was just be home before dark. And so I just, sometimes I find myself wondering, gosh, what would it have been like to actually have grown up in a normal household? Uh, that it's, it's, a, it's a parallel universe. You know what, though? I, I don't think that that is abnormal like back in the 80s 70s 80s 90s people like weren't so hyper aware of predators and you know stranger danger wasn't really a thing until like the 90s and so i mean i grew up in a very similar way that like go out and play with the kids and if you're you know, if you're under nine, you know, it's like, uh, just make sure that you're within shouting distance, right? (laughs) If we couldn't hear my dad whistle for us, we were in trouble, you know, because really because he had to come get us, not because... I think really, you know, for parents, it's more just like the inconvenience factor. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm just really pissed that I have to like get up from the chair and come get your ass, you know, after yeah. a long, hard day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do love, like, I think that the story that Seth tells about Night of the Living Dead is so familiar to a lot of people where the caretaker, mom, dad, babysitter, whatever, was said, let's watch this movie. And then the caretaker falls asleep and the kid stays up and is just entranced. And 
you know, there's a little bit of danger. There's also the like, oh no, are they going to wake up and turn it off? And am I never going to be able to see the end of this film? Especially because like when it's scary like that, you have, there's like this thing where you have to see it through to the end just to make sure that everything turns out okay, even if it doesn't, right? Um, yeah, and I think, you know, that tension of, of not only the tension of the film, but holding your body in tension because you don't want the adult to wake up. Like, I can almost feel that now. Like, okay, I have some confessions to make around, you know, I was really entranced by, like, 80s sex comedies, you mm-hmm. know, when I was, like, 10 or 11 or 12 or whatever, And I remember specifically seeing, like, the edited version of Porky's and saying, when I get old enough, like, that I am going to watch that. Like, that is the first movie that I'm going to watch. Have you ever seen it? (laughs) What? Did you follow up on that promise? No, I never did. Porky's is my gremlins. (laughs) (laughs) Porky's is my gremlins. And I remember watching this movie called A Night in Heaven, and Christopher Atkins was a stripper, um, and his teacher went to the strip club, and they, you know, commenced an affair. Oh, no. And I remember sneaking to watch it and really hoping that, you know, my mom and dad were not going to, like, walk in the in the room while I was watching this movie. Right, right. Uh, If we're telling stories, um, one time my dad was out like working in the yard and it was, you know, two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. So I was just watching a nature show. And like, of course it was the lions humping right when my dad walked up to the back door and like knocked on the back door. Oh, you know, whoa, look at that. And I was like, oh my God, what? That's embarrassing, Dad, even in private. Jeez. I know, jeez. I think the first time that we tried to record this last night, we did a segment about about dad jokes, but I, I don't know if there's an occasion to re- revisit those. Just, just more along the, more along the, uh, parental guidance uh. yeah well um one of the things that i do have written down is that um there are two ways to get a kid interested in something that is either you know sort of nurture them and like his parents tried to do with the classy classic films um you know watch them with them and talk about them and all that sort of stuff the other way to get a kid interested in something is to forbid it. So there is, you know, he wanted to watch slash slashers. Those slasher films were forbidden. And so now, of course, you know, what is he watching is, is you know, among other things, among the classier um, options. He's also, you know, super into scream when the... Uh, the opportunity presented itself. So, uh, yeah, I love that. I wrote down this phrase for Boten for, for, for Martin. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to have t-shirts, t-shirts made. 
you know, as with a number of the other origin stories, or at least some, and I know you, you and I have talked about this well, of like reading mm-hmm. being a very important um, entry point. You know, I love it that AMC and PBS were the were the channels on at their house, yeah. and um, I, you know, I he, Seth mentioned Citizen Kane. I saw that movie for the first time last year. Um, you know, I think we all have, if, if we're really into movies, you've just got that list of like classic films that, you know, it's like, I, I have to get around to seeing these movies that are really important. And, um, and, and that one was, and just the, the, <clears throat> you know, the, the particular kind of sensibility of black and white and the, the way that stories were told and everything was lit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got his experience with the the classic Universal horror and Hammer, and mm-hmm. that's just that that's a great education in my book. Yeah, yeah, I think that um, you know the idea of reading. Okay, so you can't watch the slasher film. So what's the next best thing, right? Reading Dracula and Frankenstein and Turn of the Screw and Shirley Jackson, like all of those things. It's it's in the safe zone too. Like you're still getting your fix, but it's with it. It's not Stephen King. It's not Dean Koontz, but it is, um, it's still scary in a very, in a, in a different way too. I think we, um, the way that the classic films build suspense, they build, um, and you know those old mystery classics um the way that they build suspense and get that sort of slow psychological thing going turn of the screw is very similar dracula to some extent is very creepy um same thing with frankenstein but it doesn't necessarily build that psychological suspense like turn of the screw does and like i'm thinking back to um vertigo when we watched vertigo the there were a lot of things that were pretty slow about it and then like it can't matter to you judy and you're like oh no oh no everybody in this movie is out of their minds (laughs) that movie that movie you know the first time i saw it it it, for whatever reason it just didn't strike me but the second time i saw it was a couple years ago and i had like gone to stay at an airbnb for the weekend by myself because you know that's just what i do sometimes (laughs) And uh, I watched Vertigo while I was, you know, at the place. And I mean, I was literally like mouth, like I was catching flies, you know, (laughs) mouth, mouth open, edge of my seat. That entire movie, it struck me so powerfully. And I could hardly believe it was 1958. It just had, it was right on the cusp of, like a more modern, you know, turn in filmmaking. And I think, you know, the titles were really powerful. I'm just like a titles junkie, you know. <laughs> the titles were so powerful, and I almost felt like they were even a little bit ahead ahead of the movie in terms of the visual style. But mm-hmm. 
um, so you know, so powerful and, and actually. You mean like the swirling visual? Yes, uh -huh. yes, and the lettering and the music, and I think actually in some of the more recent, you know, greatest films of all time that, um, like Vertigo, recently overtook Citizen Kane, or they're Ooh. like kind of like swapping places. And I, I know Seth didn't. I would love to go. I'm sure Seth has seen seen Vertigo because that would that would definitely be a movie for for he and uh, I happen to know his wife's name is Valerie. Uh, for you know, two cinephiles to enjoy together for sure. Yeah. Well, it can't matter to you, Orson. It can't matter to you, Orson. Yeah. When it's taken, when over, overtaking your spot can't matter to you. Well, and I wonder if some of that also isn't the the way that um, sort of tastes change. And Citizen Kane was, you know, supposedly this ground, or it was this groundbreaking movie with all of these um, cinematic things. But now it's kind of like, yeah, but it's it's like super slow and it's about a sled. Like, okay, guy. Um, whereas Vertigo kind of speaks to a lot of our um, psychological issues. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, I mean, Orson Welles was such a powerful on-screen presence. And he actually, I kept thinking about Kevin Spacey. Huh. Um, sort of like there was just a similarity in their on-screen power and even, you know, even kind of, I mean, as a younger man, Orson Welles, like kind of some facial features and I was kind of gripped, gripped by that, mm. um, during, you know, during a good bit of the movie as well. I, you know what, I, I shouldn't speak to Citizen Kane because as I revealed to you last night, I have not seen it all the way through without falling asleep. I also don't think okay, of it. Seth's dead. Huh? I know. Seth's dead. I know, seriously. <laughs> but I also have never seen The Godfather without falling asleep either. Like, uh, when in my first apartment, my roommate and I... <sighs> So my roommate and I would, uh, like, she had all of these classic films that a, a boyfriend had given her on VHS. And we had a VHS and DVD combo player, like, mm, yeah, fancy, uh, for 2002. And yeah. um, sh so we didn't have cable at the house. All we had was movies. And so on Saturdays and Sundays, she... She, well, first, she would get me high to make me, uh, not make me, but get me high so that I would clean the house. Um, and, yeah, because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a stoned cleaner. I, <laughs> I was, like, manic cleaning when I was stoned, vacuuming and cleaning the kitchen. Um, and then after my manic cleaning uh thing was over then I would we would sit down and watch a movie and of course I'd just pass out immediately um so there's parts of the godfather <laughs> that like we watched it Christmas or New Year I guess it's a Christmas movie is it a Christmas movie so is gremlins ah <laughs> um 
but I, I just don't. You know, more there's more and more Christmas movies that are like crawling out of the woodwork. <laughs> I wonder though if that's if like movie makers are like Christmas because everybody knows what it looks like, you know, and it's supposed to be in a highly emotional time already. And um, anyways, it's the most wonderful time of the year, Tamara. It is it. Well, that's what the song says. Oh, okay. Well, if the song says it, then... <laughs> okay. Um, but I totally get the... <laughs> I get the... Like, being six or seven years old, watching this scary movie. Gremlins is rated PG-13, but it is very scary. Wait, didn't we, and since this is take two, we can check ourselves, didn't we confirm that it was actually PG because it came out like a month before. Did I say PG-13? PG yeah, you said oh, PG-13. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was like a month later that the PG-13, after Gremlins came out, um, that the PG-13 rating was introduced. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and actually, Night of the Horrorfile, Lee and Brittany did a great episode on the MPAA and the birth of the PG-13. That was really good. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, the... Oh, does it have to do with Satanic Panic? No, it was what, like in 82. Yeah. I think it was 84. Was it 84 that PG-13, like July something of 84? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyways, like, Gremlins was scary. It was scary. There were a lot of, like... Because I watched it recently, and uh, there were parts in it where I was like, this is PG, what's going on here? But that makes sense that it was rated PG-13, or the PG-13 rating didn't come out until a month afterwards. I wonder if they sped it up just so they can get it in under the wire. Maybe, like, I don't, I don't know, you know, how much of a heads up filmmaker's had for something like that. I mean, it, the MPAA doesn't strike me as an organization that would have been particularly transparent about what was coming down the pike. But <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. You know, and if anybody out there is an MPAA, you know, raider. Ooh, let us know. What else, what else is coming along? You know, I'm not. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> uh, you know, something that he said that really struck me listening to his story again is when he, he talked about, you know, you know, I started looking closer and wondering and asking. Yeah. And, you know, that just felt like such a, a powerful point of like awareness, recognition, Almost like a point at which you are either silently or subconsciously acknowledging to yourself that, like, this is really important and I'm hooked. Like you said, I'm hooked. And, like, you know, so many of us, it's just like you're just, when you are a fan of this genre, you are just, I mean, you're, a lot of times you are hooked from an early age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I think that that there were 
there are things that set him up to be a film fan in his life and to be able to understand good stories and good filmmaking um and but it is sort of these pivotal moments like watching night of the living dead i feel i feel like we talked maybe it was van's origin story where we were talking about um you know somebody else falling asleep on on the couch with you so you have that sense of security that they're still there you could wake them up if it got too scary but then also it's like this solitary thing i had that experience like as a junior high kid and we watched bram stoker's dracula and all of the other girls at the sleepover fell asleep and i was up like you know with my sleeping bag up near my face just like oh god what's uh what's gonna happen um but you know the feeling that you're okay i'm in this room with a bunch of other people i'm not alone but uh my experience with the story is a connection that um that then becomes hyper real more real hyper real is that is that a thing anyways yeah yeah i really i like that yeah, I really like that. And his, and his, his, you know, Seth represents like this really wonderful combination of really like, I do believe he has an encyclopedic knowledge of horror films. And he works that into, you know, daily, you know, daily greetings to, to the horror community. Um, and he spoke to that at the end of his origin story. It's like, you know, I, I love this. I mean, I just, the, I love horror and I love the movies and I love talking to people about the movies and we can always count on Seth, you know, to get the morning tweet and it usually works in, you know, I, some references to films and I'm like, well, my list continue of unwatched, but probably awesome films, so much knowledge and just makes these very easy references to these films mm -hmm. as he's engaging us. And I, I feel like I've, I've, that list has grown of films that I need to see, especially in the in the in the giallo uh, category, you know, because of because of that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, cool. Well, I, I'm so glad that you called out Seth's like continual, um, you know, 5 a.m. wake up call with coffee, or at least it's 5 a.m. in the central time zone. I don't know. I don't know where Seth is, but um, Seth is on Twitter at beernut1. You should follow him. He just brings a lot of light and fun to the mornings um, and afternoons and watch parties, right? Watch parties? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it, and and I, I have not followed, uh, th there's so much watch party activity. I mean, there is a <laughs> yeah. ton of watch party activity. And like, as much as I love everybody and love the films, like I can just, I mean, the, the schedule will only permit so much, <laughs> right, you right. know. So I know we for sure all tend to come back together when, when Joe Bob is back on the air, mm -hmm. you know, whether he's got like a holiday special or it's time for the new season. So 
um, mm. you know, that's, that's always, that's always a great time. And so, uh, we thank you, Seth, uh, so much for your story, so much for the positive presence. It's almost like you're our, our horror dad, you know, Aww. you're that guiding, you're that guiding, even though I'm sure I'm like way older and crustier than you, yeah. um, you know, you are this, this really nice guiding, educating, um, present. And, and yeah. super classy too. Super classy. Just a, just a class act. That's, yeah. that's, that is, that is Steph. Yeah. So thank you for your story, Seth. And I, as I said the first time that we recorded this, this <laughs> is correcting this is correcting an unintentional faux pas on our parts because I thought that I had asked Seth quite some time ago for a story, and it turned out that I never did. And I randomly reached out to him, and he's very kind about it. Not no expectation, but it is very good to. Um, be be correcting that um so thanks so much seth we really appreciate it absolutely um all right ladies and gentlemen uh ladies and germs <laughs> okay um sorry i'm just being goofy now um send us ladies and germs yeah, yeah. send us your um origin stories at final oh, sorry uh, dear final I got girl this. at final deer on twitter hit us in the dm at final deer on twitter there you go. or email us at dear final girl at gmail.com <laughs> thank you got him. with the assist right there set bump sky, spike <laughs> yep. um, all right thank you so much everybody yeah thank you we love you and stay love spooky you. bye bye
tune in next time for another origin story from your horror community. Till next time, this is Dear Final Girl. Remember, stay alive out there.